0: Because honestly, a lot of that was for what's happening now, right? So it was, it, was, it was good that I went through that, right? Because in entrepreneurship, it's not a game. And it's, it's definitely a beast out here, right? And so you have to have a backbone. You have to be resilient. You have to stand for what you want, right? And you it's all about how you react to, how you react to situations will determine the outcome.
1: Hey, what's going on? It's your host, Tolu Oyemi, doing the most. Let's get to it. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at T-O-L-U dot O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. Now back to the episode. Hey, 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 what's going on, my masterminders? It is a beautiful Sunday in the house. But most importantly, we got Dr. Ashley in the house. I'm talking about serial entrepreneur, four times best-selling author, Delta Sigma Theta, alpha phi omega i'm talking about like investor media publication she has her own publication like her awards and lists and contributions to society go on and on and on but hey instead of you guys digging out trying to go find the information she's here in the house today so we have the pleasure welcome to the show dr ashley
0: Thank you so much for this amazing opportunity. I
1: have to correct you, though. 12 times best-selling author. Jesus Christ. And you know what's interesting? I actually picked three times best-selling author, but then I read another blog somewhere and it said four. And something was telling me that she's probably one of those people that each time you go talk to her, it's going to keep on increasing. And guess what? It is. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Again, welcome to the show, Dr. Ashley
0: i'm excited i'm excited to be here this is an amazing platform that you have and can't wait to uh have this amazing conversation today
1: Let, let's do it let's get into it so first of all i think when people hear you know the introduction they say hmm doctor doctor and what hmm what's her background like hmm like what is it that she does or her area of focus so you know tell us a little bit about your background and you know growing up and what you kind of experienced and what led you to be you now.
0: Well, growing up, I was very, very involved. I'm from a small town in North Carolina outside of Charlotte called Hanson County, right? And so I grew up very involved in extracurricular activities, you know, anything I could be involved in. Started entrepreneurship out at a young age, too. I had the babysitters club in the neighborhood, the lemonade stand, me and my sister, you know? So that's something that's been instilled in me, too. Um, and, you know, of course, when I graduated from college, I was supposed to go to law school, right? So I went on took the L set, passed the L set, and I changed my mind, right? And I was like, you know, because sometimes pivot, a pivot happens, right? That's and right. so I went on to grow in the for-profit education side and many leadership and executive level positions. You know, I am still I'm a corporate executive by day and I'm still entrepreneur by night. So I continue to go up the ladder in this arena. And then, you know, I went through some different seasons, um, and I wrote about that in my first book, uh, "Different Seasons of Discrimination" as a black woman in corporate America. You know, being the only one at the table. Um, you know, different seasons and. And, you know, that really pushed me out into entrepreneurship, right? Understanding to not let anybody, um, you know, put me in a box or make me afraid to, you know, share my voice. And, And so that really pushed me out into entrepreneurship. And so after writing my first book a couple of years ago, it opened up so many doors for me, right? I mean, multiple books I continue to write, um, you know, different, you know, my publishing companies. I have two successful one, thank God, you know. Then, of course, I have Ashley Little Enterprises LLC. I have my, you know, radio show and my magazine. It just opened up doors just by sharing my story. And that's why I'm so passionate about people sharing their stories and the power of storytelling, right? Because you never know what's on the other side of that story. And I'm gonna tell you, when writing my first book, you know, I was very vulnerable, right? I think I cried every day. It was a very emotional time, right? Because I talked about things that never was shared with the world, but it had to be told, right? It had to be told. And my goal was if I could just change one life, I have done enough, right? And so I'm just thankful. when I, I remember when I launched it, i had a lot of great reviews about people that were going through some of the similar similar situations or just needed more advice on how to navigate some of the things that i wrote about that they were actually going through so yeah i mean it's been a great journey thus far i'm thankful for all the lessons and the
1: blessings okay so you know there's so much to unpack and go yeah. through in that and you know that's what makes us human beings and that's what mm-hmm. makes each person different is the experiences that they go through in life and how they react and how that integrates into their being um uh, where did you get the drive from what were, were your parents entrepreneurs were you and they you talked about lemonade stand and kind of babysits and maybe you know yeah. daycare and stuff <laughs> like that what, what kind of instilled that you no know, entrepreneurial hustle the
0: three, the well my mom and dad have always been go-getters right doing very successful positions and you know both of them right in corporate america and of course my dad has his own business as well right and so i came from that uh type of environment that go-getter mentality my mother is one of my biggest inspirations as well to have to have that you know, go getter attitude to understand that don't ever take no for an answer and that you create your own table and build your own table, right? And so, um, you know, my mom taught me resilience. And so, yeah, it, it really just came from that and being from a family of go getters.
1: Got you. And what job did she do or what was her uh, genre around within the uh, corporate world?
0: Well, my mom was a very successful uh, attorney. Now, of course, she's wow. retired now. But yeah, yeah. So yeah that's I extremely go get life. <laughs>
1: Yeah, a, a black woman as an attorney. <laughs> God don't make yes. nothing better than that.
0: <clears throat> yes.
1: And your dad, he was in corporate America, and he had a business on the side. What was his, uh, do, what was his functioning? In,
0: uh, well, my dad uh, has his own trucking company now, right? So he has his own business now. Been been doing it for a long time, right? And so. Um, he you know started out definitely in the engineering side and then went on to venture out to his own company in the transportation industry so he's he's, he's always been a hard worker still is to this day i mean he could retire if he wanted to but yeah still- that's that's yeah. good
1: because i feel as if it gives them something to keep going you know like they they wake <laughs> up they got a goal on the mind and their body the spirit you know man is working
0: man's uh, working right man
1: is working <laughs> okay so you know the interesting question do you have brothers or sisters
0: i do i am the middle child but hey okay for everybody i do not have the middle child syndrome okay it's always been fair (laughs) and so i have my sister who's the baby and my older brothers there's three of us and of course my sister she's married and has my little niece she's five so love her to death madeline so hey yeah
1: awesome awesome because it seems like yeah 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 parents generated this field of excellency and expectation of excellency and that planted those seeds of excellence and you know the right nurturing because hey your environment and how you're nurtured plays yeah. a huge role in who you become did this also spread to the brothers and sisters too as well in terms of them like going out into their fields and you know uh building businesses or trying to climb the corporate ladder
0: absolutely absolutely you know like i said nobody's family is perfect right but absolutely they are all doing great right they're all doing great and yes that go-getter mentality that's just what we were what we saw every day right this is how we were programmed you know to be so um absolutely
1: okay now going from you know middle school to high school during high school, what were some of the and even going into college a little bit, but what was some because you seem like you were actively involved with like clubs and groups and media. Talk to us about that.
0: Well, you know. As far as the media goes, I started out at a very young age, you know, in the Christmas place, hosting the Christmas place, hosting wow. events, you know, a ballerina, I did karate, I mean, tap dancing. I was in a pageant all my life at a very young age to all the way to when I was in college to Miss Junior, Miss Senior, um, in high school, of course, SGA, Beta Club, Drama Club, I did acting, you know, so I was very, very involved, modeling, I did modeling, and of um, course, throughout my life, you like, young age. Then when I got in college, I was part of Verge Modeling Troops. So, yeah, I, I've always been that very interactive person. I played Delta Sigma Theta Samority Incorporated. I mean, I founded organizations while I was on the yard, you know, the 100 Black Women brought that to the campus and was in SGA, SUAB, you know, so I was very, very involved and I've always been that way and loved that, right? Because I really think that helped me inform me into the person I am today as well. It taught me leadership It taught me, of course, resilience with that, too. And then just how to work with people, how to connect with people, how to build a network. Because your network is your net worth, right? And so those things are so, so important. And just the power of, you know, a team, right? A team and just building genuine relationships. Because I think a lot of people miss this part. Your relationship is currency, right? Your relationship is currency. And it's worth more than money.
1: Wow. You know, and those two points you just last mentioned are so you know crucial you know your network is your network and you know the relationship is currency because at the end of the day you're, if you're surrounded by thought leaders people that are striving people that are go-getters you know that's going to affect your network and you know having a relationship with them there's going to be currency you know their ideas and passions and lifestyle and the way they carry themselves is going to rub off on you and yours too as well. Now, you know, going further and kind of like, how did you, because, you know, a lot of times people are, you know, traversing from high school to college and they get caught up in a lot of things. How did you avoid some of those common pitfalls? Because I think you probably saw a lot of the people that you were associated with and now when you look back at them you're like oh my god is this what she or he ended up doing with their life or what happened but how did you avoid those pitfalls and not only that but you know continue to scale up and like continue to accelerate
0: but just ignoring the distractions, right? Because distractions will come, right? Nobody's perfect. We all had a good time, you know, in college. I went to an HBCU. We all had a good time. But just staying focused and ignoring the distractions. I'm so thankful that my circle has been successful, though. All people in my circle that I were really, really close to, they've been doing some amazing things out here in the world, in corporate America and their businesses. A lot of them are married with kids and it's doing great right and so i'm thankful for that that's why i tell you uh, my HBCU experience i can't thank that enough right because you meet those lifelong friends that take you that go with you forever right and I I was blessed to make some lifelong friends that are now family, right? But yeah, you know, distractions do come, right? You can definitely get easily distracted. But what kept me focused was my self-motivation to want to be successful, to want to be great regardless, right? To always give it 150% or more, right? But yeah, you get easily distracted. Yes, I had fun. I did party some. (laughs) I had fun. But it's all about, you know, staying on track and just staying focused on the goal, on the end goal.
1: That's right. Now, this is the exciting part you know hbcu north carolina a and t state university so yeah. talk to us about when you first stepped foot on campus and the sights and the thrills and the excitement and the spirit of the universe like what were some of the things you noticed kind of like your first couple of weeks uh, maybe month or two going in there that kind of influenced you
0: you know what? I would never forget when my dad dropped me off. My dad is an Aggie as well. And a lot of my family are Aggies, but you know I have a mixture of HBCUs within my family, but definitely my dad is an Aggie. And when he dropped me off, he told me I'm giving you four years. I'm giving you four years. Let me see gave me four years. He wasn't paying for more than that. <laughs> and so he dropped me off to, you know, day before you you know, told me you give me four years, tell me move into my dorm that day. I would never forget that. And I share this story all the time. So I knew that hey my dad was only paying for four years. So, actually, what you you know, you need to make sure you get it done, right? And so, I, you know, when I went to orientation, it was amazing stepping foot on A&T's campus. I mean, since day one, the campus ambassadors, you know, making sure that we were welcome, making sure that we had somebody there to help us to answer our questions. I mean, just the family environment of just being there, right? And I mean, it was amazing. I mean, I will never forget. I, I mean, I enjoyed all of my four years. So, my freshman year was one of my best years. I'm gonna tell you, you're so innocent your freshman year, too, right? You're so innocent. That's and true. it was just a great, I mean, a great time and just meeting lifelong friends and just, you know, being on the campus, you know, having professors that really cared about you or want you wow. to win. And you wasn't a number. They want you to win and knew that they, they they pushed you out of your conference zone, right? They pushed you out of your conference zone. So, I mean, my some of my uh, vice chancellors who are my mentors today, right, that, you know, took me under their wing and, and pushed me out as well and made sure that I was involved on the campus, made sure that, you know, I knew the right people and, and you know, kept my grades up at the same time. And So, you know, I, I can't explain, you know, my HBCU experience was like no other. I enjoyed it lifelong friends environment the mentorship you know it has taken me and helped me along the way and i still have those same people behind me today you know and wow. so i will forever i will forever give t you know the credit you know give the credit for the journey and the um the, the journey that i'm on now just thinking T.
1: yeah and i think you know part of that led to your your enormous contributions to you know the nonprofits profits the enormous contributions to wanting to see other people succeed and helping them yeah. which way you can. Could you talk about, you know, one of the defining things about a HBCU is the black diaspora, you know, diaspora. Could you talk about that experience, you know, going to like a university focused on the development of uh, colored people, you know, black people?
0: I mean, you know, going to a university focused on black people is amazing, right? Seeing all of this black excellence, <laughs> <laughs> Nationally and internationally You're like wow Wow this is amazing right This is amazing we're doing amazing things And then having professors That push you out I mean push you out I would never forget one of my professors Dr. Kamara Okay man when I say his class Advanced grammar was so Because I was an English major in undergrad It was so challenging And I, my god and At that time I was like wow Am I going to make it right But Now that I look back at it and saw that he wanted us to be great. He wanted us to be uncomfortable. He wanted us to go out into this real world and be able to walk into rooms and own the room and be confident in who we are and in what we know because knowledge is power, right? And so it's just nothing like it. Just seeing, you know, successful black people that are doing amazing things that's really breaking glass ceilings and taking over the world. And we're not a number. They actually... You know, they we, we want us to be successful, right? And so sure. it's, nothing like, it's nothing like the HBCU experience.
1: Wow. Okay, so, you know, one thing, talk to us about that transition. Four years in college, you know, graduate, you know, like, everybody is clapping. And you kind of talk talk to us about, were you in an internship? Did you try and get into uh, a job? Like, what were some of the next steps after leaving yours?
0: Well, after I left college, of course, I went out, you know, um, I started out in for-profit education. And I said, I, took the LL set past it, but I changed my mind. So I remember going, uh, starting in a for-profit industry and, you know, really growing in this arena. And I'm a corporate executive now, thank God. But I had a mentor who was one of my sororers who took me under her wing. And she was an alumni of Jackson State University. And wow. so she took me under her wing to uh, mold me into the leadership. Because I told her, I said, I want to grow. I want to, you know, uh, be, you be in different leadership positions within the company. You know, what do I need to do? Can I shadow you? You know, and so I set that, soul that seed, right? And I did all that I could to serve her. Because it's all about serving others, Right. Serving others, you should be giving first. You network to give, in the words of Dr. George Frazier, who is one of my amazing mentors who I love. Yeah, and so love you network funny, you give. Yes. <laughs> and so I served her, right? I served her, and she really molded me. And I still talk to her to this day, and she's one of my mentors to continue to go up the corporate ladder um, in different leadership positions. And of course, I went on and got my master's as well, you know, in industrial organization psychology, and I have my doctorate in leadership. So I'm excited, you know. For all the things that you know that has the journey has done right, and of course now you know I've always had entrepreneurship in my blood, but you know going through those different seasons, right, that I yeah. experienced, you know, in corporate America with another company, of course, uh, that I was with a while back, uh, really pushed me out to owning my own companies. Now I'm building my own tables, and I'm thankful to have successful companies that I've built to be able to help others because my whole brand is about reaching back and helping others right being of service to others and creating room for others opportunity for others right because there's room for all of us at the table we all can win and we have to get rid of the scarcity mindset and understand that when my sister wins i win when my brother wins i win
1: and that mindset you know the world needs more people like you. you know because A lot of people don't have that ability to discern what is needed for the masses for the generation and plant those seeds because you're planting seeds on the generational level with things such as these books you know because a book lives forever yes uh okay so you know I wanted there's a couple of different things that you just said now that's really interesting such as you know getting a doctorate in leadership so we're definitely going to talk about you know what is leadership and you know things of that nature but just wanted to rewind a little bit and kind of focus on nonprofit because it seemed like you dedicated a lot of time and energy to it 13 years so what what was that experience like? What did that teach you about life, about people, about yourself? Being in a nonprofit and helping nonprofits to grow, and you know, being in that uh, arena.
0: So working in for-profit, because for-profit education, for the for-profits are you know the Strayers, the Kaplan Colleges, you know the Wrightwood Colleges, those types of schools, right? And so what that taught me was, first of all four-year school is not for everybody right and then also sometimes people are better off at trade schools or depending on what they want to do they still can be successful right and also it gave me a look into just you know different people to you know from different islands right you know uh, how they think and just being able to help them be great and continue their education and so with me being on the leadership side I, I hired the campus presidents, I hired the director of recruitment, the directors, the professors you know, in this arena and so just making sure that we have the right people in the position, right to make sure these students are successful and to also make sure that when they leave our our colleges that they are able to get employed, right so our career services department plays a big role in that with their placements and with the the partnerships and the jobs that we have to make sure that they're successful, right, they're getting their investment worth, they're getting their money's worth
1: okay interesting now let's shift the focus to leadership you know and what leadership means to you and how you know somebody's a leader or not and how you've been able to instill those qualities within yourself and those around you
0: so what leadership you you want to know what leadership means to me
1: (laughs) yes yes
0: yes yes Yes. leadership means serving Servant leadership, right? I believe in servant leadership it means giving, right? We should always be, you know, as I stated before, networking to give in the words of Dr. George Frazier, as well as in a leadership positions, looking at ways you can bring value to others, right? How can I help you? How can I bring value to you? How can I help you to, you know, continue that you're moving on something you're already doing? and so when i think about leadership it's definitely that servant leadership right And doing it from a genuine place doing it from a genuine place and really wanting to build a relationship with that person right because people know when you're not genuine so you want to be able to build that genuine relationship and then what what leadership is is doing the work (laughs) we have to do the work we have to do the work and i think a lot of people see the accolades and accomplishments but they don't understand the process everybody has a process right But that's why we should be happy for people. Show grace to people because you never know some of this process they had to endure. And could you have endured some of the things that they had to endure to get there? Because everybody pays a price. And so that's what leadership is to to me: resiliency, right? You being you being resilient. You taking no for an answer. You walking in the room and you're confident. You're confident in your abilities, right? You know that you're supposed to be in that room and at that table at that time.
1: Wow, that is super, super powerful. And and thank you for breaking that down. And, you know, what are some of the qualities that you look for in a person that tells you, A, they are currently a great leader or B, they will one day be a great
0: leader? Definitely their work ethic, um, you know, their ability and willingness to serve others, right? That servantship. right? I look at that you know how well they work with other people that's a that's a plus too you know how well they work with other people do they believe in team because <laughs> wow. that, that's part of being a leader you can't do anything by yourself right you cannot do anything by yourself and so willingness the willingness to be able to work in a team and just and just most of all i can't stress it enough that servant mentality and that work ethic of, ethic of doing the work of doing the work because nobody's going to give you anything in this life you have to take what you want right you have to take what you want and then also a good leader and when i was looking at characteristics is somebody that is okay with somebody telling them you know if they if they get rejected they understand that you got to keep going right so somebody told you no you understand that you're not going to take no for an answer. You're going to keep going and you're going to go around it. Instead of going through the front door, you might go through the back door or the side of the door, right? But you're going to get there. And if nobody won't give you a seat, you're going to create your own table, right? And so yes. I look at those things too. You know, the confidence that a leader has, right? To, to know that it's going to happen. Regardless of how I get there, as long as it's ethical, we're going to make it happen and not taking no for an
1: answer. Wow. This this is supercharged, man. This this interview, I feel like we're, we're driving and winning them chargers, and just you know, in a car and just having like the podcast as we're just speeding down the road. Um, now, one thing was when we spoke, you know, this was weeks ago, both uh, through Reagan and uh, Reagan is a is a good love I love what she's doing. Yeah, she's she's on point. Man. She has a a great spirit for, you know, connecting people and, you know, fruitful relationships. Um, You talked about writing a book and it being a form of self-therapy and how you are even shedding tears and, you know, uh, talk to us because I tried to find the book. I couldn't find. I was like, let me find this so I can pull from this so I can have a set of questions to ask you. I couldn't find. I found uh, the the Unicorn HBCU Experience. Found a couple of other things, but I think there was one. Is it the 18 Powerful Lessons of? Wh- which book was that? Do you my <laughs> Dear
0: Fear 18 Powerful Lessons? The one my first book.
1: <laughs> oh, so that was the book.
0: With Dear Fear too, I was a part of that. That's my first book. I was a part oh, of, and my okay. chapter was named Dear Fear. You can't have my power.
1: Okay, okay. Because I saw that book, but it didn't have you written as a co-author in it in Amazon. So, yeah, so the,
0: the visionary author is on the cover. And then, of course, I'm one of the contributing authors for that particular book.
1: Got yeah. you, got you. Okay, no, no, no. That makes sense now. Oh, uh, could you talk to us about that chapter? And like what about it made you have that like release? Or how did it become a form of self-therapy?
0: But first of all writing is therapy for me anyway writing is healing i've always been that person that journal a lot I had my diary when i was you know younger and so i've always been a writer right so um you know when i first you know participated in you know even stepping out into you know writing a book that was my first book when i was a contributing author and i wrote about things that as i said it before that i told nobody not even my family right Like I said, the different seasons of discriminations I went through as a black woman in corporate America in many different leadership positions and now executive positions, right? And just, you know, walking in those rooms, being the only black woman at the table with Caucasian men, no other women, right? And just really having to be confident of who I was, knowing that when I was getting promoted each time and getting sent on different missions that, hey... I had to remember the bigger picture of why I was there, and I also had to remember that I deserved to be at the table, right? And and that I was not going to let anybody put me in the box, no matter the obstacles and storms that came my way. Now I'm going to tell you when I was when all of that was going on, did I want to quit some days? Yes. Uh, did I was I doubting myself some days? Yes. You have all the feelings and the works a lot of emotions going on. But I'm thankful for my mentors and coaches that I had to, you know, um, definitely go to. That's why I say it's so good to invest in mentors and coaches because they'll save you a lot of time and money. <laughs> and so thankful for that. Definitely God first. Though. I can't forget that. God first. Because without him, I wouldn't have made it through some of those um, those seasons because they were some seasons, right? And so just letting people know that, you know, uh, don't ever let anybody take your voice. Don't ever let anybody take your power. Be confident in who are understanding you are meant to be there and that you deserve to be there and that you worked hard to get there no no matter how young you are How old you are? If if God put you there, you deserve to be there, right? And so, talking about that in my book, it was a very emotional time. I talked about losing my grandfather in 2011. He was the first person I lost that was very close to me, right? And so, uh, that was a very hard, some hard seasons. I went through depression for three years, and nobody knew, right? Because I kept a smile on my face. I kept working, you know, kept going, right. But I was hurting inside. That's why I tell people you never know what people are going through, right? So be kind, show grace, right? Because sometimes the smile and all of that doesn't mean nothing. You don't know what's going on inside. And so I went through, you know, different seasons of, of depression. And then um, a couple of years later, my dad had di- got diagnosed with cancer. Of course, he beat it, thank God. But it was like a whole whirlwind again, right? But I was able to handle it better. Because I had already experienced a season like that. So thankfully, I was able to cope better during that time. So I talked about, you know, those things in my first book. And I named my chapter, Dear Fear, You Can't Have My Power. And so it was very emotional. I'm going to tell you, if some fear tried to hold me back, it was like, you know, why are you writing now? Why are you really going to do this? You know, you're going to be sharing your story with the whole world. But the difference between that, because we all have fear, is about keeping going, right? And blocking those things out and thinking about what are the great things that's going to come out of me sharing my story. What is this story going to do for me, right? What what? How am I going to, is this going to be um, a relief for me for sharing and getting off my chest, right? How can my story help other people? What are the things that I'm going to do with this platform, right? So those are the things that I thought of that really kept me going when fear tried to creep in, right? And so just for anybody that's thinking about writing your story or sharing your story, do it, right? Do it because it's all way if you never know what's on the other side of you sharing your story and man empires and companies and opportunities were on the other side of that right just off me sharing my story and so that's really what I talked about in my first book I remember my book signing day I cried the whole book signing but hey it was a great day for me it was a relief you know and hey I'm happy that I shared my story because it opened doors up for multiple other books multiple collaborations partnerships companies speaking opportunities hey yeah
1: the list goes on and on okay and we're gonna dive into that look (laughs) we're gonna dive into because I love hearing how seeds planted how they blossom and how they grow into a lush thick forest and jungles um working in corporate America because this is really interesting and you're saying that you you had these environments whereby uh People try to belittle you, people try to maybe overstand on top of you, maybe try to, to push you down. Could you talk about what was the energy? Like, what were you feeling from these people that you were around? Did you get into like a competitive what what kind of job was it? Did you get into like a competitive job and you know, people or did you get into a job where you thought it was gonna be one way, but after work you were like, wow, like this is really uh, uh, alliance then
0: in that season in that particular role I was promoted during that time to regional regional VP of recruitment and, and you know I was sent to a certain place um, to clean up a school right and fix it and you know hey it was a lot of different energy during that time because a lot of people they didn't think I should be there in the, in the position first and then also I was black right I was in a uh, environment where it wasn't any more blacks. so definitely in leadership it wasn't right and there was a black woman at that and then being at a male dominant you know company where it was just you know at a table with Caucasian men hey I'm the only black woman that you might have saw some two or three other Caucasian women right and so um the energy was different right but it took a very strong person to be able to Stay focused in that type of environment, understanding that hey. And then also, I had employees that I was managing, and I'm and I'm younger than them, right? So hey, that that was another thing, an ego thing, too, right? And so a lot of different things were, a lot of different energies were, you know, taking place. But and did I, like I stated, you know, sometimes I felt like, oh, is this for me? You know, am I supposed to be here? You know, did I make the right decision? But then I had to be thankful of, like I said. My so papers, you think my they, they
1: they were they were projecting that on you? Kind of like, what is she doing here? Is she supposed right, to be here? It was more, What's going
0: right, right. How did she get here, right? When at the end of the day, I deserve to be there. I right. did get the work, right? And I'm going to be there. And I was confident regardless in my work and what I did. And one thing I've always said that people talk but results don't lie right results right. don't lie and so the way i handled that situation even though those different seasons were traumatic was hey you can't take my knowledge you definitely can't take my work at it, right and so my results, right. results spoke for itself Spoken.
1: and i think yeah. the, the reason why i was asking because you know to the listeners that may be in a difficult place or maybe a job that maybe has some circumstances that are not the most favorable but it's interesting because one of the things i want to ask you is what were some of the gifts skills and revelations about yourself that you discovered after going through that because i feel like it's only when your back is against the wall is that there's a period of growth and i think i wrote down something yesterday that said you know in order for somebody to uh where's where this thing at right here? You need to be pit through difficult situations if you're going to become the best version of yourself. You have to, the, the challenge is what's going to help you. So, what were some of the things afterwards that you know kind of helped you? You were like, you know what, after going through this, I, I'm, I'm better, I'm faster. Like, what were some of the things that you noticed or what were some of the things that you took away from me?
0: Well, I learned that, like I stated before, uh, resilience. Being resilient was definitely something that I've learned, right? Being resilient and being able to handle, you know, different obstacles and and, and stay in focus, right? Understanding that those things are gonna come. And also understanding that when something big is about to happen in your life, you gonna go through some stuff, right? But it's all about how you handle it, right? How you react to the situation. How you react to it and i understand that people want you sometimes and most of the time to to react enough and, and when, when you do that you feed it into what they want you to do right you know if i would have really reacted and, and, and really took everything that was happening to me into a whole negative state and got upset and you know made a big scene then i wouldn't be where i am today right And so i had i had to learn that right you know not to let people of how they treat you, you know, reflect on how you treat them, right? Mm. And to not miss your blessing for somebody else, right? I'm not missing my blessing because you're treating me this way. I'm still going to show you grace, right? I'm still going to show you grace, and understanding that the power of showing grace. I had, to, I learned that too. <laughs> the power of showing grace, and understanding that you know what other people are sometimes you know, treating you a certain way. Sometimes it's something within them too. Wow. There's something, something going on within them. There's something going it's not you. There's something going on within them. It's trying to be able to understand people, right? And I, I learned that to understanding people and how people think and understanding that everybody's not gonna be happy for you too. And that's just life. And life. learning those things really as it pushed me out and I stepped into entrepreneurship because honestly a lot of that was for what's happening now. Right, so it was, it was, it was good that I went through that, right? Because in entrepreneurship, it's not a game, and it's it's definitely a beast out here, right? And so you have to have a backbone, you have to be resilient. You have to stand for what you want, right? And you—it's all about how you react to how you react to situations will determine the outcome.
1: Yeah, this is so powerful, man. It, it, you might have to go back and re-listen, my listeners, my masterminders. Like y'all might have to go back and, and re-listen to this episode a couple of times because the doctor's in the house and she has been teaching, man. She has been cutting up in the studio. Okay, so now there's this transition, there's this growth, and I wanted to ask because. I think, from what I've noticed, is that your your relationship with God, you know, has really allowed you to blossom, has strengthened you. Could could you talk to us about what God means to you in your life and your relationship with Him?
0: Let me tell you, my relationship has always been, you know, very close with God. But I'm gonna tell you, it really grew close when I was in a bad accident in 2016, where I lost my car in a head-on collision right but i'm still here and i walked away with no scratches right with minor injuries right and so um i wrote a book about that i was in a part of a collaboration book and the name of my chapter for that book the overall book was called i survived my chapter was called grace because it was his grace that i'm still here right because that could have went another way right and so knowing that i have a purpose to be here and it really 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 brought my relationship with God even closer to understanding that like, first of all cherish life <laughs> tomorrow's not promised and that you're here for a reason and you're here for a purpose so I give God all of the credit for everything I take no credit he gets all of the glory right without him I am nothing so yes my relationship is very 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 close to him and he is the forefront of everything that I do and all decisions that I make wow
1: because i was just about to ask you how do you incorporate god into your day-to-day life but you know i think you just literally answered that question
0: yeah i mean you're getting I, and i'm telling you i get up at 4 a.m every day consistently. i have 4 a.m 4 every day consistently A-A. yes and i make sure that i definitely pray, spend my time with god of course, read you know i'm always reading so right now i'm reading 10x by grant cardon i make sure i read you know at least a, a, a chapter to a day so i make sure i get that in and of course working out and then i start my day so um that's what i do consistently on a daily basis so he definitely gets time absolutely i mean i pray throughout the day too but definitely make sure i give him his time every morning <laughs>
1: wow that, that's four, wait can we talk about that a little bit 4 a.m 4 a.m
0: 4 a.m every day
1: okay what time do you go to sleep
0: it just depends on what's going on <laughs> and I know, I know i'm gonna tell you all I don't think i don't take care of myself because i do have self-care i do take my self-care i get my massages i can you know my i read my working out i make sure i spend time with me too but also i, I you know i'm one of those people I, I have a goal um i live by that 10x rule and i'm sure you probably familiar with what i'm talking about with Grant. i don't know if you read it but, or not but i live by that 10x room you always 10x and everything that you do and so um, i'm always working hard for what i have to do i have things to do i have goals to achieve right And so you have to be consistent and work hard and everybody's different so i'm not trying to tell anybody how to do their day but everybody's different and so I, I, I probably take naps what i tell people but i get it done
1: <laughs> oh wow mm, mm, mm. i mean i i usually wake up at like five in the morning hey that's great yeah because but when you said four i just yeah mm. doctors in the house doctor (laughs) is in the house okay and you know talking about that evolution from corporate to now kind of you know stepping out on your own you know because that's all like you said entrepreneurship is a beast you know Uh, I have a business partner, we run a digital marketing agency and you got to be on your feet, you got to move, react, jump, fly, backflip, frontflip, you know, do all crunch numbers and talk to us about that that like what was the decision like when you were like you know what I'm gonna start my own company like what did somebody kind of say hey you would be great or was it something that was on your spirit on your mind or was it something like impulse like you know what I'm just gonna like well how, how did it come together for you
0: well you know like I stated early ages entrepreneurship is in my blood right but I also had before I even stepped really fully into entrepreneurship I had my own tutoring company so i was doing that for a while and then after those different traumatic seasons of discrimination that i was going through i stepped out there like fully stepped out there and i own three or four companies now right and thankful they're successful companies too but with that being said you know going through that and understanding that i wanted to create legacy and continue to build generational wealth was my passion for stepping out and doing entrepreneurship and also you have to be passionate about it too you have to love what you're doing and i love what i do i'm doing i love helping people i love serving others um like i said i love helping people share their stories and uh, build their platforms and write their books and you know uh, get their brands out there exposure around that and you know um I love interviewing people on my show with creating a table, my magazine and highlighting people, right? So if you think about all the things that I do with, with my brand, it's about serving others. And so when I when I stepped out there, after really after writing my first book too, you know, when I was part of that collaboration book. And I don't know if people understand this, that when you are an author, you, you, you are, your book is a brand. Your book mm. is a business, right? You have a platform; it gives you a platform, and so I was determined to take my platform as, how I, as high as I could, and that was part of me building my on uh, my entrepreneurship journey too. And it opened up so many doors for me to continue to create and just build relationships, and I continue to uh, build this entrepreneurship journey.
1: And one thing I've noticed is that you're you're running through that press. You are. It's like I see you. And it's like. Tsh- then I see you, 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 like, I'm like, whoo, like, the internet, there's no way that legacy is not being fulfilled and established. And I'm, I'm seeing you here, HBCU, this editorial, boom, and I'm like, wow, this is, this is super amazing. Now, uh, Ashley Little Enterprises, you know, I wanted to ask a couple of things such as like, in your own gambit, in your own you know successful ventures like what makes a company successful what makes a company continue to grow despite you know the challenges of life and despite XYZs that happen
0: what makes a company successful is being consistent you got to be consistent right and you you got to do the work even when you don't feel like doing the work you, you got to do the work and you also have to understand yes it's important to have a team and have people on you the right people on your team that's definitely key right and you're not always gonna get that right right sometimes you gonna make mistakes and you might not pick the right partner for the right team you have to make some corrections and understand that be okay with letting people go if they're not following the vision that you're looking for right but also understanding that nobody should be working harder than you for your vision it's your vision and I think a lot of people miss that you know, yeah, team is important, having people collaborating, connecting. Yeah, I'm all for that, right? I do that on a daily basis. But you also have to re- re- remember it is still your vision and nobody should be working harder than you, right? Mm. And so in and also remembering that nobody and I think uh the the, found, the Facebook founder Mark said this Nobody cares what you say. They care about what you build. That's so That's so true, right? It's so true. And so I'm one of those people. I don't do a lot of talking. I do the work, right? I'm all about actions, right? All about actions and, um, you know, letting your results speak for you. And so that's really what makes a company is just making sure that you are consistent and you are doing the work. Working smart, not harder. <laughs> it's, awesome. It's
1: awesome. Working smarter, not harder. You have to lead the charge. You have to be the one to put in that massive amount of work and other people see that they can feed off that energy and you know they, they believe in that you know people love seeing a leader that gets their hand dirty you know like is in the trenches Absolutely. It's, 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 a, it's a warfare out here um the ashley little enterprises how did like when like because it's such a beautiful journey but did somebody come to you and say i want you to help me write this book or I need. I know. Was it one of your sisters that was like, "Oh, then you go to you want you got to degree ink." Like, can you help? Like, how did that come together?
0: Hey, you know, I want those people. I yeah, I build. Be, I believe in building and being consistent in what you're doing. So after I ripped my first book, I started. You know people started coming to me wanting me to be a part of their collaboration book and then I went with other people been a part of theirs because really a collaboration book is really a partnership opportunity and it's a networking opportunity where you're meeting so many different people and you're tapping into their network and they're tapping into yours and you're creating relationships through that. And so I continue to do that, right? Continue to brush up on my skills, continue to be great in that. And then I became a visionary author, where I was the visionary author and I had my vision and I would bring other authors on and I would help make them publish authors, right? By them being a part of my vision, them being in my book and, you know, giving them opportunities and making an amazing packet for them to be a part, right? And so I did that, I have multiple books on visionary authors and I was like, you know what? I've done it, I've, I've done, you know, I've been a contributing author, I've been a visionary author multiple times. Man, I'm gonna go out now step out into creating my own publishing company now and I'm gonna you know help other people do it I'm gonna help them write their stories solo books collaboration books. I'm going to teach them how to be a profitable visionary author and I'm going to help them make an amazing packets to help people, uh, you know, become published authors and, um, you know, get interviews, get exposure, share their stories as well, as well as teaching my other clients how to uh, make multiple strings of income by being a visionary author, by doing collaboration projects. So, hey that's really what pushed me out there and I was just like you know I've done this a lot and I've done it successfully why not have my own publishing company now I was like I'm gonna do that and so I created a little publishing LLC and I started helping other people do it right but I believe in you doing the work first and you created that platform you created that so people can see your work and then you see your credibility you know and that's what I did
1: and that's so beautiful because you know motivational speakers you know authors thought leaders they always talk about people that go to the graveyard with these stories in them that needed to be expressed that needed to be written down but because they didn't have the drive or they weren't in the right place at the right time or you know self-doubt or you know talking saying it doesn't matter it never comes out so you're literally harvesting and helping people Fulfill their destinies to a degree because it's like, I, I just going into this world of like, I'm peeking into it a little bit right now, but it seems so massive and it seems so like energetic and so like deep and profound and thoughtful because you were talking about things like visionary author and uh, contribution author and things that i'm like whoa like this is amazing like there's all these tidbits and delicious you know morsels and all kinds of things in here and you're talking about helping people develop other streams of income especially in a country like america like people basically looking at you like you're a lifesaver to a degree because imagine being able to take your own story and things that you've been through and being able to get paid for that. That's probably got to be one of the greatest feelings in the world.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's not only monetizing it, right? Because you want to be a profitable author. But sharing your story and you know being authentic with it as well. Sharing your story, being authentic and just never know what your story is going to do for the world. And it needs to be told. And I think a lot of people, you're right, fear, self-doubt. They don't think their story is important. Your story is important. Share your story. Nobody can tell your story like you. And that's why I create an HBCU experience movement as well. You know, because we can talk about our stories all day, but we're not documenting them enough. We want to create legacy. You want to be able to have something here when you're not here, right? And not only creating a story sharing legacy, but creating passive income on top of that.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, as I've begun to get older, it's interesting because yesterday I talked to a 14-year-old that just came 15, black kid. But he had already—he uh, already has a storefront property, has multiple businesses, doing over five K a month, and he was just talking about vision, legacy, and I was like, I can't believe I'm talking to a 15-year-old. Like, but one thing that was super interesting is that it seems as though people, when they go through life, they kind of like get pushed down by society, you know, especially like in our community, you know, I'm just gonna do the job, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna some little food table. And they don't realize the the, the gift or the magic of life, you know, kind of fades as time goes on. So you're kinda helping people, you know, re spark that, that magic and that belief and that um zeal in life again which I think is uh, super amazing and then one thing too as well is that you're, you're doing a lot in terms of just not just helping them with the book but you're doing project management, book coaching you're doing public relations empowerment speaking, you're doing things ghostwriting so I guess when you started going into that world there was these other opportunities where people were like well can you help me with this do you know somebody that knows that does pr and you were like okay let me turn this into a business because you're super driven hard working so you saw that opportunity to to create
0: Yeah, absolutely and you know it's right it's just you know you you out here people like oh can you can you do do you do this and they see the relationships that i've built and i mean attesting to the things that i've done that i've done as well and they're like, well, can you help me? And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, yeah, absolutely, I'm gonna add this as a service, right? Because you know, if people keep asking you the same question over and over, again I was really, really looking to that, right? And so, yeah, that's really how it started. I mean, ghostwriting, same thing. You know, I've always loved to write, and I have I had already had, you know, done some ghostwriting, but I hadn't added it to more of my services. But I was just like, you know what? Let me add that too. And, book coaching because yeah, absolutely. A lot of people need accountability, right? They need accountability, they need somebody to push them and help them get it out there, right? And that's that's so crucial to you telling your story is having somebody there holding you accountable and getting it done, right? And some people are okay without that. They have that motivation and accountability, but everybody does not. And so I have clients I work with on a daily basis with just, you know, helping them overcome that mindset. It's all mindset, it all starts in our mind, right? all—it right. just really, um, you know, getting them past that fear and that doubt and understanding you know what's on the other side of them telling their story but that's constantly working for different people different it's, it's, it's a different process of each person so it's not a, a same one shoe fits all when it comes to coaching with book coaching. No, because everybody's different and everybody's got a different level of fear they're dealing with or doubt or different things or traumatic things that happen to try to hold them back from sharing their story and we and that's what we come in at to. I come in at to help them get it out and you know, you got the, you know, my team of editors, my team with the format. I got my designers, you know, you know, bestseller campaign to give you that credibility. The um, media kit one sheet. Well, I want my authors to be ready when they come out here, right? That's they can right. pitch themselves and they can get those opportunities to become, you know, get exposure and be profitable authors. And then I put them on, you know, different platforms to get their um, name out there and, you know, um, like podcasts or magazines or different things to really get. Get a, get a head start on letting people know who they are and of course if they want to continue on they can't Whew.
1: Dr. Ashley Little is working. She over here pitting fire behind each and every single one of her clients, man. Like, I, I that's the kind of client that they're like, yo, I, I'm, we married together, we stay, like, those we in this together.
0: I want to be successful. Yeah, I wanted to be successful because I think a lot of people they get so caught in that front end. That's fine, but that back end is so important. I did, I just did a room An hour ago clubhouse because I have a community on there called Write the Book. In my room today was how to market and monetize your. Book. Sales. and a lot of people forget that part you got to market your book and get it out there if nobody knows about it it's not going to sell itself that's right so you have to get out there do these book clubs do these virtual book signings you know um do these bundle packages uh, you know influence the marketing it's a lot of things you can do to market your book you know get it get in the bestseller campaign get that credibility behind you know get out here in these speaking opportunities because when you are out there you are a speaker whether you want to be one or not okay and so yeah Sell these bulk books. Partner with nonprofits, partnering with Boys and Girls Club, Girl Scouts, nonprofit organizations, schools. Having to buy your book in bulk. You know, if they you don't want to, if they don't want to pay you to speak. Asking to buy your book. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. And that's I I love the fact that that energy of like yo go out there and do it. Like, just go out there. Get it done. Get it done. No (laughs)
0: excuses.
1: Get it done. And I think that's what this world needs, you know, because a lot of people will talk themselves out of situations. You know what? And this and that. And this person said that. And, you know, I've seen a person. It's called take the
0: risk. It's called we ain't going to win them all. But take the risk. Take
1: take the risk. Take the risk. Nah, this this is super awesome. You know, and we begin to wrap up. You know, I, I think that what one of the things I'm interested in hearing is that what do you want? Your legacy to be like when you envision like your impact on this world, or envision how you've kind of impacted people's lives. What what it, what's your dream? What's your hope? Like what's your what's that vision?
0: Well, my hope when I you know for the legacy that I'm believing is that she always had that servant leadership, that servant mentality, and that everybody she came in contact with left feeling better than they came. And so that's the legacy I want to continue To leave here and that's a, the legacy That I'm building and continuing to build On a consistent basis that she Opened doors for others and she created Room and tables and Others that she helped others build You know and build their dreams and build Their brands as well so
1: yeah Awesome 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 They said you know This is according to Forbes and I'm seeing it too Black women are the fastest growing group Of entrepreneurs and Have you seen that yourself? And if you have, how has that experience been in terms of being around these women, building powerful brands, powerful empires, and really Superman, Superwoman, and they're leading powerful charges. What have you, what's been your experience with that?
0: It's been amazing. I'm thankful for all of my tribe and the people that I've connected with on a daily basis that are Black, strong, powerful women out here getting it done. Not taking no for an answer, not apologizing, and breaking glass ceilings. So super kudos to all the amazing Black women entrepreneurs and founders that are doing amazing things. Happy Women's History Month on top of this question that you just had. That's right. That you just asked. That's so this right. is Women's History Month. And yes, we are breaking glass ceilings and we are not apologizing. We are taking up space and we're getting it done.
1: Let's do it. I'm super excited. Okay, I wanted to ask, this is from an earlier uh, conversation we have. How do you self-care and recharge? Because you have such an incredible, valuable energy. How do you you recharge and, you know, get into a space of, you know, relaxation and empowering yourself? What are some of the techniques or practices or even tips that you can give us?
0: Well, I believe in personal development, right? You should always be learning. You should always remain a student. And I spoke about the book I'm reading now called Tenants by Grant Cardone. And I'm loving this book. Right? I'm, I always I normally read at least two to three books a month. And so I'm reading my books. I'm working out. I love working out, right? I do that. Of course, I, have my, I do my spa days, you know, the massage and nails and all that stuff. So I take time for myself. Um, and then I also have quiet time for me right because i make sure i do that every morning at least 30 minutes of quiet time you know get up at 4 a.m has its pros because nobody's calling my phone you know it's really me and God and just you know having time for me and just really having some quiet time that's that's always uh, a plus for me too and so I think a lot of people sleep on that part of having quiet time that's a form of self-care and that's needed for your mental physical and spiritual health right and so and just continuing to build my relationship with God is another form of self-care for me too so, yeah.
1: Nah, that, that's awesome. And you're so right. That early time in the morning is mm-hmm. just you and your thoughts and your Yeah, way. Because once that day gets started, clients start coming left and right. This person needs that. This mm-hmm. big file. Yeah. You know, it's just, is that, especially like, look at t- tomorrow's Monday. I expect phone calls. I already got meetings. This business partner wants to talk about these ads running and how can we compartmentalize the numbers. So, I'm like the Saturdays and Sundays, that's self-development. I want to get in contact with these, these some of the greatest minds, these entrepreneurs, these thought leaders. And I really love the fact that you said the development with God too as well. Because you know, I think your favorite verse is that through Christ, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, Philippians 4
0: and 13. Philippians. I can do yeah. all things through Christ
1: who strengthens me. I live my that. Yeah. Amen. Nah, that's powerful. Okay, so. You know, I feel like there's so much more we could talk about, so we probably have like a part two sometime in the future. Part two. <laughs> a part two sometime in the future. Yes. So, nah. Thank you. Is there anything that you kind of you know let them know where to find you, how to how to get in contact if they want to get a book written, if they need PR, if they need uh, media contacts? Kind of like let let them know where to find you. The best way to uh, get in contact.
0: Well, you all can contact me at. Uh, on Facebook at Dr. Ashley Little. On Instagram at underscore Ashley A. Little. My email address is little 0 h at gmail.com. Or you can email me at info at AshleyALittle.com. My website is www.AshleyLittleEnterprises.com. You can find me on LinkedIn at Dr. Ashley Little. And on Clubhouse at Dr. Ashley Little.
1: Wow. I'm definitely hitting all the links in the podcast distribution we're going to go ahead this is going to go up on youtube as well so you know thank you again thank you for taking the time out of your day to just drop these gems and, and teach us you know the doctor has spoken
0: <laughs> you are welcome and thank you for this uh, my invite to your amazing platform i can't wait to see all of the great things that are going to be birthed out of this so kudos to everything that you're doing as well
1: Nah, thank you. I'm super, super, super appreciative of it. And my mastermind is until next time. Hey, I appreciate you for listening to the Mastermind Your Life podcast again. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram T O L U dot O W O Y E M I and blow up my inbox, man. I need to hear your suggestions, feedback, people I need to interview next, topics I need to cover. Again, I appreciate all y'all. And while you're at it, you might as well go to Apple and drop that review. Let's get it. Rah.